So, if you haven't heard of Anchor, it's actually the easiest way to make a podcast and it's free. That's the best part. The nice thing is it also distributes a podcast to various other podcast sites like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify and pretty much everywhere else. If you haven't checked it out, check it out. You can download the free app or you can go to anchor.fm. Enjoy and now let's get back to the coffee and sock sessions with me Pranil. What is up Karabo? How are you? I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for finally inviting me and I'm I'm so glad that you finally got your podcast off the ground. So this is very exciting for us because it's literally like I just need to catch up with my mate on his podcast. <laughs> exactly. That's what it's about. I mean that's that's always been the whole thing. I mean we did the obviously the we did a really cool podcast for Stranger Things and all sorts of uh TV and series the Binge League and then we enjoyed it so much but we just I think 13 reasons why is where we stopped. You did like two episodes and then we were just not feeling yeah. the show and that was literally the last time we recorded anything <laughs> and there's so been such good series out there <laughs> i know right so we started watching ratchet is it ratchet it is ratchet. yeah it's it's hardcore man like it's i'm not a crazy guy i don't really feel very like but even i felt some of those those murder scenes man in the the lobotomies and stuff so it got a, it got quite intense but it's really hectic i mean it would have been a really cool show to kind of really cover you know Absolutely. what i mean the yeah. acting the twists and turns the styling there've been some very good shows in the last couple of months that have kept us sane during lockdown i'm not even going to lie i know and even the you know the setting of that show is incredible dude like mm-hmm. the actual the mm-hmm. visuals the camera work like everything about it is just so stylish and so pretty it's like wow So it it's yeah. really cool. We I think we watched like the first 3 uh 3 or 4 episodes and we're going to try and finish mm-hmm. some of it but yeah we watched it very late. <gasps> you not finished with it? No, <gasps> we only started it yesterday. <laughs> oh, guys, what? <laughs> we didn't finish. I know, we didn't finish. We just Thank started. Because I didn't say too much. Yeah. Yo, yeah, uh, yo, I was about to just throw in some spoilers there. Thank goodness you actually just mentioned the fact that you're not done with it. Okay, you're in for quite a treat. And I'm glad you're carrying on because some people see the violence. I think it's the first episode that's quite violent. They see that and they're like, oh, goodness, I can't carry on. I'm like, what? Bring it on. Bring that blood, <laughs> that gore. Everything, bring it. I know and Sarah Paulson's amazing in it, right? Sarah Paulson is so incredible so like and Sharon Stone, so but Sharon Stone got quite old, dude. I didn't recognize her at first. <laughs> and I don't Same mean it bad, like, I just that? didn't recognize her. I don't know if you noticed in the sh- in one of the yeah. episodes where she's sitting in the zoom out and she has her legs crossed and I wonder if that's a reference to the famous basic instinct scene. Probably, probably. And you know what? I didn't think of it when I saw that scene, but obviously you would spot something like because you notice things in series that other people don't see. Wow. So some of us have to like go back and watch again and be like, "Oh yeah, Pri was right. You like spot that stuff." <laughs> Immediately. <laughs> so now that you said it, I was like, "Yes, that was definitely probably the reference, but you definitely notice things that other people don't. We need to like watch YouTube videos to understand it. <laughs> things that happen in the series or watch it twice and then we get it. But yeah, maybe it's like a special talent of yours. <laughs> I don't you know, have. maybe it is. Maybe I pay too much attention to detail. Maybe that's why my mind is so crazy. It never stops. Just yeah. before this I was like maybe I you should go smart. for a run because I've started running. 
I started like oh, wow, that's amazing. Yeah, because I used to gym all the time. Like every day I used to swim pretty yeah. much a lot. And then obviously since the lockdowns and stuff started, I couldn't. And I started finding myself going like really crazy. My mind was ticking. I was annoying the crap out of Alice. Um, because I'm just like yeah. I have all this energy <laughs> and I've nothing to do yeah. with it. So I, I stopped running when I was just after school actually because I did athletics and then I stopped because I have such bad knees yeah. from years and years of like cricket and soccer and just not taking care of myself. I wish people told us to take care of ourselves more when we played sport when we were younger because you could just get away with so much and not feel any pain. Yeah. So I decided Can I tell you to... something? In... Yeah, okay. Start. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. So I decided to start running mm-hmm. to give it a go. I started walking. Um and then I was fine, like, I wanted more because as I'm walking, I'm like, I just feel like running. So I started running. And then I started running, like, 7 to 10 Ks a day this week. So it's actually dope. Yeah. And I'm feeling oh I'm feeling so much better. And it's so weird because I watched, like, a podcast yesterday with Miley Cyrus. And the guy who was interviewing her actually asked her, do you do, like, very strenuous exercise? Because she just mm-hmm. goes, she speaks. And it feels like she's just all over the place. And then at a point, she's like, yeah, she actually has to do like all sorts of exercises because if she doesn't exercise before she does something, she's just the worst human being. And I kind of feel that's how I am as well sometimes. Like I I can relate to that too. Yeah. Grumpy. And I'm sure you probably find that too. Absolutely. Like I'm not okay when I'm not exercising. The motivation to exercise, I'm not going to lie, is a struggle sometimes, a lot of the times. But like every time I've done it or I've had a good week of, exercise I feel so great and then when I don't have a good week of exercise I feel miserable and what I've also realized is I'm becoming honest with myself about what exercise works for me and what doesn't like for example I hate running I'll run every now and again but every time I've done it I'm just like you really don't like running things (laughs) this thing is not for you you know what I mean so I find that like yoga for example like everybody tells me do yoga you'll feel so much calmer all that stuff and then I'll do yoga and I'm like, no, yeah. not really. Namaste, you know not I mean? working for me, bro. <laughs> not really. Do you know what I mean? It's really not. And it's taken me years to admit that. I've tried yoga so many times. I've done it so many times. And it's taken me years to be honest with myself about yoga. That it's, I don't think it's something that I enjoy unless I'm doing it with somebody else. I think I'm the kind of person where if there's an awesome yoga class happening and it's once in a while and I'm going with some mates, then yeah, it's for me. But me actually practicing yoga weekly or daily or whatever, no. I've actually just become honest with myself about it that I really, I, I don't. I, I love intense training. I absolutely do. I love intense training. Yeah. Um, but I think running and yoga, not my thing. Yeah, not. You should try Pilates though. I think yoga gets quite hectic sometimes. I kind yeah. of yeah. find that yoga gets a bit, I don't know what it is. I think like it doesn't get as intense. I mean, obviously it's amazing for your body. It's probably, maybe it's more, um, more intense than Pilates. But I think Pilates, I enjoy it because it has a balance between like different styles of things. So there's like, mm. there's kind of like a ballet element to it. There's kind of like a dance element to it. There's, and it's a combination of yoga and other things as opposed to, um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't want to like say, I don't, yeah, I don't know enough like about yoga, vibe. but just from what works for me, I think like Pilates. Yeah, actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. I should definitely try that. So it's crazy. Yeah. So you, now that you live up the road, so congratulations. Grab on buying a house. Thank you yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So maybe we, we can meet halfway. This year. 
yes yes you've had a crazy year like in the midst of everyone trying to just find a bit of balance you decided to get yourself a new job you decided to to buy a house and it's it's been like quite a productive (laughs) time for you (laughs) it really has and for somebody who's usually so um for someone who's usually so fearful I think Mm. I've been guided by fear for a very long time in my life where fear has stopped me from doing a lot of things. And for someone who's, who's always just been so careful and, and calculated and all of that, it's quite insane that in a year that has been so uncertain, I've made some of the biggest decisions in my life, which has been crazy. It's like, what you, the most scared person in the world in the middle of a pandemic decides (laughs) I'm going to make this big purchase. (laughs) I'm going to, you know, quit my job and start over somewhere else where it could be uncertain too, because I mean, I went from a whole full-time permanent job to being now a full-on freelancer. That is scary. Who does that in the middle of a pandemic? <laughs> but I also realized there's no security anyway. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Right. Everything's been so upside down. There's no security. So even when you do have that permanent job or permanent gig and all of that, that's not even secure. So that's what this year told me, that you kind of just have to take risks. And that's what I did. Mm. So yeah, thank you for that. And I think... It's it's been awesome to be brave. <laughs> yeah, it's really cool. <laughs> this year and, has taught me. And that's the thing for someone like you. So people who know you will know like anxiety is like your thing. It's like if you know Karabo, mm. you know anxiety and her hand in hand. And but it, it's, <laughs> it's my brand. It's your brand, but it's a consistent <laughs> brand. You know, like and if you spend enough time with you, you kind of know how to understand it and how to to let it like work and you know how to react. So if Karabo is having a little bit of a a moment you know it's cool let her do a thing let her say what she needs to say let her have a moment and you actually feel better from it so I think it's really cool yeah um for you that you've taken all these big steps it's like serious growth it kind of feels like 2021 it's kind of you kind of setting up for a year and I guess we're all trying to set up for 2021 we just don't know what's going to happen in 2021 yeah that's the such thing. an and uncertain year, time yeah and this year told us exactly that you, you don't know what's going to happen I mean I started off the year with a big health scare I didn't think it was mm. going to end up with me you know without buying a house for example when I was sitting in a hospital bed in the beginning of this year so this has just shown us that like life is full of so many uncertainties so many surprises and we'll just have to see what happens next year but I find though don't you think that like it's also taught us to really do everything that we want to do or that we think we want to do so that because we don't know if we're going to even be around in 2021 (laughs) you know what I mean the world could end tonight and it's like what did we do in this time exactly and and to also stop wasting time on things that do not fulfill us or wasting time on things that are going to make us even more anxious or even make us more stressed, you know? I think for me, the biggest thing this year has been learning to say no, yeah. you know, because I, because I, and, and, and I don't know if other people who suffer from anxiety, you know, suffer from this too, the whole struggling to say no, um, this people-pleasing syndrome this whole like I need to make sure everybody's fine just make sure everyone's happy and then it's like at the expense of yourself you know so this has also taught me that to like just say no because we keep saying yes 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 to everything and then we just end up stressed the whole time and you end up like doing things you don't want to do it's like if you get an invite invited to a party and you know you don't feel like going out that if you know oh the last thing I want to see is people and you end up saying yes and you go out and you are miserable the entire night and you're like I should have said no so it's a small example but like an example like yeah like you know what sometimes you can say no and you send a gift instead and it's fine or a nice phone call to your mate 
happy birthday. Sorry, I couldn't make it to your thing. I've sent you a gift, done. So that's what I've been learning to do as well. Literally saying no to things that I know are going to make me feel uncomfortable um, because I'm not serving anyone by making sure I pleased you, but then like, then I'm struggling inside. Oh, I shouldn't say no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, saying no has been guilt, a big dude. one. It's, it's guilt. such a big one. Yeah. Guilt is such, guilt is yeah. such a trigger for so many people. Guilt is such a big thing. Uh, for people who suffer from mental health illnesses or just in general, like human beings, I think it's always like we feel like we need to do all the things and we, we kind of feel like if I don't go, this person's going to be so upset at me. And it's like, well, then maybe we shouldn't be friends with these people because I've got friends that understand, like on the day, like I'll say yes to something. And in a month when the event arrives and on the day, I'm like, I'm really, I'm sorry, I'm really not feeling it. And they're like, no, I get mm. it because they're the same as well. So it's so hard to plan for these things because in the moment you're like, you're feeling great and like, yeah, I can't wait to hang out and you're only gonna catch up. And then the day arrives and you're like, oh my God, I actually, the last thing I wanna do is even get out of bed, let alone actually go and spend time with people, especially when you don't know everyone at this party, then now you're trying to mingle with people. And the thing with Karabo is that you're not just any person, you're, the child star, the kid that grew up on TV, you know, people recognize you. And one of the great stories, and I was thinking about everything, is I thought about the time when we first really like bonded and caught up and really started to hang out was when we went on a work trip to Cape Town. And I remember we were at the office on the Friday and we left the office. We were like, let's go out, let's get something to eat, let's get something to drink and I got there and we sat down and the waiter comes up and he recognizes like Karabo and from that moment on I was non-existent this guy literally he I might as well not have even been there I think it even got to the point I was like Karabo please order this for me because this guy (laughs) he's like Karabo from your tv and then that was it after that I I didn't exist in his world you were just the focus of his attention I I heard him telling other waitresses and other the other staff like Karabo from your TV is here. So for you, <laughs> it's even more of a thing because you kind of, there's an expectation or people think this is the person that I know. So when they meet you, it's kind of like she needs to be a certain way or this is the Karabo yeah. I expect to see or hang out with. And if yeah. you're having an off day, it's like, wow, not yeah. what I expected. So yeah. for you starting off at that early age, how did all of that, how did it all start? How did you first get into the whole TV thing? So um, my first permanent TV gig, I was around 10, 11 years old. That's when I started on your TV. So I always counted from there, which makes it about 17 years now all together in, in terms of working in media. It's so crazy. Wow. <laughs> I'm 29 and I've been working for 17 years. Yeah. So that's where, like, that was my first full on job on TV. But actually when I was a lot younger, when I was a baby, my mom used to enter me in like baby competitions. Like, you know, like the whole like baby of the year, smiling competitions, Ah. that kind of stuff. So (laughs) she realized, hey, you can get like free clothes from this. All you need to do is smile. So (laughs) my mom realized I've got a bubbly kid. She loves to smile. She'd enter me in all these competitions and I, you know, apparently I'd get free clothes and win these competitions and that kind of stuff. Then eventually uh, I got an agent and I started doing like a, a TV ads as a toddler. 
yeah. And then that stopped. Yeah. So the a couple of TV ads as a toddler that stopped for a couple of years until I was about ten years old, and I decided that I wanted to do TV. So then wow. she stopped that until it was my decision. Then at around ten, I was like, you know what? I actually want to be an actress. That's what I wanted to do. So we got me an agent, and the acting thing didn't work out. The presenting thing worked out, and that's how I got into TV. And it was very weird when the whole presenting thing started because I wasn't even a kid that watched TV. When I was getting on your TV, my brother had to tell me what the hell's going on. <laughs> so, that's whoever, that's whoever, that's whoever. <laughs> I was like, I don't even know any of these people. I didn't even understand what a big deal it was because I was a kid that read. I sat and I read. I played by myself. Um, I didn't really like watch a lot. Yeah, I didn't watch a lot of TV, but then suddenly here I am on TV. So that's how it started. Wow. Um, and yeah, I did that I- for like 10 years. I was about 21. Yeah, so from 11 to 21. Sure, that's a long time. It is, and, it's and a very long time. That pressure, what what is that like? What was that like? I mean, you're on TV, you're on you nas- you're on a national platform yeah. where you're recognizable. <laughs> you're kind of like everyone. You're on a kids show, and kids shows are tricky. Kids shows are tricky because there's a certain way you're expected to behave, even when you grow yeah. up. A certain way people expect <laughs> you to to speak, to act. When they see you out, there's a certain way you need to be because they're like you're you're like representing the kids. So if Karabo is yes. out at 16, still on TV doing more not kids stuff, but that frame of mind where people see you, and now someone sees Karabo smoking weed, and then it's like yo, this whole your TV it yeah. was a sham, it was a lie. This girl yeah. has been lying to my kids. I'm yeah. actually going to try and. <laughs> What was the movie Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind? My kids right now to get Karabo out of them because this is not what I had in mind. <laughs> and 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 those years, those teenage years, are definitely the hardest. I'm not going to lie to you because yes, you grow up having to be a role model. When I'm only reflecting on how it really was, only now at 29, I'm oh. starting to be very honest about the experience and being and 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 that takes having to like now really what's this and if any like when you go to therapy you know that you have to like now start really tapping into your childhood and understanding everything that happened to your childhood and to find the root of certain things and I always thought I was like such a happy child that had the most incredible happiest childhood and even when people would ask us about our experience being kids that were on television we'd always say oh it was easy like the same way you played soccer after school and you did this and that after school it was the same way I did TV I just didn't play soccer after school I went Went on TV so we looked at it and I grew up saying that experience that way as well like I thought there was nothing different about what we were doing I just left school a little bit early sometimes and maybe I'd have to study a little bit harder so that my marks were still great too but Mm. I look back now I'm like it was actually quite intense you know because I remember a lot of us, yes, were very smart kids. So in school, we're excelling. And then we're on TV and we're excelling there. And then you have to be these good kids as well that like behave in public and you're friendly. You don't realize just how much pressure that puts on you as an adult to keep being that like perfect achieving kid. And I think anyone that excels at anything in their school years will be able to attest to this. I don't even think it takes being a kid that's on TV. You could have been a kid that was very smart in school and you are an adult now. And there are things about that overachieving child in high school, like in primary school, that affect you as an adult now. You're just like, where does this come from? Where's this pressure that I put on myself come from? And it comes from that. You know what I mean? So that's what I realized that it was not as easy as we make it seem. The pressure of it all was actually, you know, a lot of us when we reflect back, we're like, oh, yeah, it was normal. No, I I don't think it's actually normal. (laughs) It's not. I don't think it's normal. 
It's really not. I don't think it's normal for any child to want, for any child to not have a private life like that. It's not normal. Your boobs start to grow and everybody can see it. <laughs> um, you start dating, everybody can see it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, your first pimple, everybody can see it. And literally everything happens in front of everyone, you know? Sure. And that can't be normal. And that's probably yeah. where the, it's that just anxiety that, like, comes from. It's not on like Justin Bieber level. Absolutely. You know, like, yes, it's not on like Justin Bieber international <laughs> star level, but yeah. there's, I think, elements of growing up in front of people like that, elements of being such an overachiever as a kid or achieving so much as a kid that like affects the way you navigate adulthood. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, people, I remember when I was finishing school, there was that whole thing of, okay, what do you actually want to do? And it was very confusing because it was like, I've done TV for so many years in my life, but I don't know if I've been doing this because this is what I want to do with the rest of my life. Or I've been doing it because I was just a kid that was good at it. That's an interesting you know what I mean? So I struggled with that for, yeah. That's I struggled with that for a very long time. Yeah, because you do it as a, it's like, it's like being good at soccer as a child or whatever other hobby, you know what I mean? You do it. But does that mean now you need to be a professional soccer player? Because you did it as very good. So that took, that's why it was important for me to go to university, to have a nine to five, that kind of stuff, so that I could really fully decide if I wanted to be a broadcaster or not. And I think now I'm finally in a space where I'm like, you know what? You actually do want to be a broadcaster and you are good at it. Because I think you also, you also start to question how good you are at it. Because you're like, was I just good at it as a child? But now in my adulthood, <laughs> babes, you're actually not that great. And you were actually just a, a, a cute child. So you know what I mean? So there's so many like <laughs> things you start to, yeah, you, you like start to reflect and you're like, what was real? What wasn't, you know? Yeah. Um, but I think it's, it's a definitely a lot of pressure to put on children. But I do, I do, however, still believe that kids should be left to explore their talents and they should be left mm. to explore the things that they love. But I do think there should be a lot more like guidance in terms of like how it could affect the child. You know what I mean? I think, I think they should have yeah. put one of us into therapy or something while we were doing that. But you know, you know what? what I mean? We're working for hours. That's and exactly if, if you work, they should have put us in therapy while we're doing it so that when we come out of it. <laughs> no, it, it's but so I'm okay interesting though. that you say okay. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're okay. But it's so interesting <laughs> that you say that because in this, there are so many of these child stars that grow up. Like we look at people like Macaulay Culkin, right? His life just literally spiraled. Mm -hmm. There was a point where mm -hmm. like this guy was in heroin. He literally looked like, he, he looked like, did you ever watch Tintin? The cartoon Tintin? Yeah. He, at, at some yeah. stage, he looked like <laughs> Tintin's dog. Like Snowy. I think his name was Snowy. He looked like Snowy. Everything about him just looked frazzled he just looked powdery his hair was yeah. everywhere he was super skinny his cheeks were sunken and I mean that was at 19 I mean he, I think he got married around 19 and then he was on drugs he got divorced there was this chaos and it's because he no one told him how to deal with certain things and the stuff that he was doing and this is something also that in that interview with Miley Cyrus when they were saying she was talking about how she wants to do like a, a children's book but like a reality children's book where they tell you about the mm -hmm. bad things in the world. They tell you that, yes, life is great and life can be sunshiny, but also prepare yourself for the bad stuff. And even with people using drugs and a lot of these child stars, it's going to happen. Like these kids are exposed to all sorts of things that a lot of 12-year-olds, mm. 13-year-olds, 15-year-olds are not exposed to. So let mm. there be some guidance for them. Tell them if you're going to smoke a joint, don't try and smoke the whole joint in a minute to look cool. If you're exposed to cocaine, don't now go and try and take 10 lines in your first time ever. Rather, educate mm. them on 
if you're going to do the stuff, this is the best way to do it so that you don't get caught in this little, this crazy spiral where now, before you know it, you're on heroin at 19. Yeah. Um, but imagine also peaking like that. I think it's also like the, achieving that level of success as a child. And you always feel like you need to live up to it in some sort of way. Do you know what I mean? I, I think mm. Justin Bieber, for example, I don't know if you've seen his YouTube documentary. If there's yeah. anything you need to binge watch. Did you watch it? Yo, Did you dude. watch Justin Bieber's wow. documentary? Yeah. Wow. You know what I mean? A perfect example that like, um, I think a lot of them reach a certain level of success. And then when they are adults, there's this thing of like trying to reach that level of success again or feeling like you may never be that great again or you know what I mean and imagine growing yeah. up with all that attention as well never being rejected always being celebrated everything you touch turns into gold and then you're an adult and like life is serious life and is serious no one cares no one you know cares. what I'm saying so I think it's also that yeah the rejection and trying to reach the, that high again like trying to yeah. reach that high of being a, a 15 year old where you're playing to sold yeah. out stadiums where everyone's singing exactly. your songs back to you, that level of yeah. high. And now you're 21 and maybe you're grown up and you're kind of like, you know what, I'm not cut out. I need to take a break from music. Yeah. You know? And that's why a lot of these people just end up living in their own world. They live in like yeah. a, almost like a fantasy world because they're so used to getting whatever they want. So they're so used yeah. to this high and now they go chasing these highs and then they start doing really weird stuff, like hanging out with weird people and trying to, to do these adrenaline-fueled yeah. activities, you'll probably never reach that level of hearing 200,000 yeah. people singing your song back to you at 15. Ever. You never. That I think helped. for me, that's why I, I, I chose not to do TV after mm. I left your TV for a long time. I, yeah. I was like, I don't want to do it. I just don't want to do it. I'll do radio. I'll work a night to five. I'll do other like jobs. But no thanks to TV, I'm okay. It's not like you also become rich from it in our country, to be quite honest. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can. Now, that, well, you can. You know what I mean? But like but now it's, that it's I'm not, a little bit older, I'm considering gotta, it again. Yeah, you got to sacrifice a lot. And I think, yeah, I think you really should. And maybe now is the time to go into that acting space. You're, yes. You're more, of a, you're more of a person, you know, who you are. You're kind of like more secure. You kind of know your strengths and weaknesses yeah. for the most part. And maybe now it's like, you know, you can fit into a role. You can fit into something. You can maybe identify with the role as well. I mean, if you look at certain yeah. TV shows, you can be like, okay, definitely, I, I could do this. This is this is something mm. I identify with. And then you, you're acting, but you're kind of playing your life. It's basically like a role that depicts your own experience, your own life. So maybe Absolutely. that's that's like something you can do. Because I mean, you, you did the TV, uh, you did radio, you're still doing radio. Um, you've been on the biggest radio stations in the country. But you also dabbled in digital marketing. Like you you worked in at mm -hmm. an agency, you you worked as mm -hmm. a content mm -hmm. producer when mm. you were at Prime Media. So you did kind of, mm. and I remember us having these conversations of where are we heading? What are we doing with our lives? Like, what is the next step? Mm. I mean, we often had talks of being, we, when you feel like you're stuck, you kind of like, where to yeah. next? And we kind next, of yeah. wished we knew someone that can say, you know, like a life coach that says, listen, this is what you've done. You Let's put it together. And this is your next step. And we had lots of those yeah. conversations. And the nice thing is you've been able to build a brand digitally and you'll be able to fill like another like another work role um in yeah. these uncertain times which is also pretty 
pretty epic. And and you know what? I guess that's life. Like you have to, and I believe in that a lot. Like you just have to try things out, even though you might not know what's next. You have mm-hmm. to try things out, and at some point, you need to make a decision. I think you need to make a decision to leave spaces. You need to make a decision to try things out. You need to make a decision to not let fear get the best of you. You need to mm-hmm. try and also make decisions that are also uncertain as well. So mm-hmm. we're never going to be hundred percent sure. You can make a decision right now and not be sure, like how that's going to work in the greater scope of things of what you decide to do with the rest of your life. But I think I'm starting to realize that life is short, but it's also very long. <laughs> do you know what yeah, I mean? It can and feel the more very I long. actually speak to it's <laughs> life is short, but it's also very long. Like the other day I had a conversation with a woman who's about 66 years old and she's just started her own perfume line. And she was explaining to me all these different jobs that she's done, all these different careers that she's done. And the more and more I chat to people who are much older, the more and more I realize how much people reinvent themselves, you know? And it's funny because we're now living in a world where you can have different jobs. You know what I mean? You can have different jobs, different businesses. You can keep switching careers. And also I look at people who are much older than the sixties, people in the fifties. And they'll tell you, Oh, I was a nurse then. Oh, and then I did a music workout then. And then I started this business. So then I started that. that and I'm like, yes, you, you can actually keep reinventing yourself and it's okay to change your mind. It's okay yeah. to change your mind. But I think as long as you don't let fear drive you. And I think a lot of us are driven by fear a lot of us are driven by wanting to always know what is next and i think what's like become also very important to me is actually having fun and enjoying my life and knowing that work doesn't necessarily define me yeah and that's true that's um, that's such a such a it's such a true thing because like you say fear is such a powerful driver for a lot of people in a lot of spaces and you have to find your own coping mechanism first of all you need to realize that there's something is up that there's something driving you something negative that's driving you and then once you figure that out once you can acknowledge that then you need to say to yourself okay cool now that i've figured out that something is up how can i cope with this and you either you're speaking to people with similar experiences you're going to therapy um yeah for you like we said we spoke earlier about exercise and how uh people like us do need to exercise at some points even if it's very light exercise but how have you personally dealt with that fear and that grip and that anxiety? I think really surrounding myself with people that I trust, mm. speaking to people that I trust is extremely important. That's the first thing. I think I'm very lucky in the sense that I've always been open when it comes to my emotions. Yeah. And what I've also had to do is understand that like, I must not feel like a burden and a nuisance to people that love me. And when I need to talk about things, when I'm feeling anxious, when I'm feeling uncomfortable, when I'm feeling like I'm not coping, when things are a little bit too much, I found that like when I speak up, I feel a lot better. So that's been very important. But you obviously can't do that if you're not surrounded by people that you trust and people that know you, people that understand you. You know what I mean? I think you have to be vulnerable, but you have to be vulnerable in the sense like to people that you know you can be vulnerable with, you know, because there's nothing worse than feeling like a burden. There's nothing worse than feeling like than talking to people that you don't trust. So surrounding myself with people that I can trust and that I can open up to, I think has been extremely important Mm -hmm. for me. Um, Yeah, definitely being honest about, about my feelings. Being okay with not being okay has been important as well. Like we said, the exercising thing, doing things that I enjoy. And me, definitely, right now, it's been cutting down on work. Cutting down on things that stress me, to be quite honest, has been the most important thing for me to do because I also find that, like, 
you work, 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 work. And I don't know, I, I don't want to work hard anymore. I want to work smart. And I think yeah. I'm starting to understand what working smart means, you know, because it's me now having to figure out what are some of the things that I enjoy that bring me joy? I need to make time for those things, you know? So it's also me now trying to go back to the things that bring me joy. Like you were talking about you going back to running. You know what I mean? You have to make time to be able to go run 10 kilometers. You can't run 10 kilometers if you're in front of your laptop the whole time. Oh. You won't get that time. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, so for me, it's been that too, like just making time for things that I enjoy, uh, going back to reading. I'm such a reader, but I've sure, lived yeah. that for such a long time in my life because of not making time for it. Spending weekends doing absolutely nothing, you know? I used to feel guilty for sitting and binge watching series. I do that now with no shame, <laughs> you know? <laughs> now I'm actually, I keep finding series that has like a lot of seasons. So nothing new, something old. Like I recently yeah. started watching Jane the Virgin and it oh, has like wow. 100 episodes. I'm like, yes, Jesus. you know what I mean? So I spent like the last month uh, uh, binge watching Jane the Virgin. She's got 100 episodes. And I'm like, not feeling guilty for resting, talking to people that I love, gravitating towards things that I love and like really trying to go back to who I am and the things that I love doing and the things that make me feel sane. I don't know if that's like an answer that makes sense. No, it sounds it, it, all over the place. It is. It's a perfect answer because it's it's never one thing. It's not one thing that's going to help you change or help you deal with life. It's a combination of things that are done correctly, kind of done smartly. And it's it literally starts with the first thing of realizing I'm working too much, like you said, and yeah. finding ways to work smarter as opposed to harder because that's society's fault because society told us we need to work you need to work 100 hours a week in order to look successful, yeah. in order to be classified yeah. as someone worth investing in from a company. It almost became like a thing of if you leave work at 5 p.m., it's like, no, this person is not serious about the job. We need to find someone yeah. who's going to put in more hours and work until 10. And that's a complete wrong way of doing it. You can get more done in eight hours than you can get done in 14 hours if you literally sit down and actually focus starting your day like planning the night before saying this is what i need to do tomorrow so when you wake up yeah have a plan you're not now waking up at whatever time you wake up and now you're trying to plan okay i need to do this and do that and before you know it you spent an hour and a half um just trying to plan your day and then you're like oh crap i need to i forgot to do this let me quickly jump back on and do that and before you know it your day's gone it's two o'clock now you're stressing yeah. because you haven't done everything and then you're sitting and you work until eight. So I think one of the things that it really starts with working smart. And if you have to take a step before that, it would have to be like proper planning a routine in your life. Yeah. Like, you yes. know, a lot of times people think, let me rather, I like to keep it fresh, you know? And yeah, we've all been there. I've been there. And then you realize with the ever-changing world, we need some consistency. And it starts with you wake up in the morning. And that's something I've started implementing now because I found that during lockdown, I mean, we always used to work ridiculous hours when you work in the mm. digital space, um, mm, mm. especially this year with like everything is now mm. COVID and news and reporting. Yeah, but it doesn't stop. Yeah, and I found that it got to a point where you don't draw the line because digital, someone said to me recently, digital and the work that we do never stops. There's always something. So it's a never ending cycle. And if you don't plan and say, okay, Tuesdays, this is what I'm doing. Wednesdays. And I think like- Healthy boundaries. Yeah. yeah. And I think what you're talking about is also about healthy boundaries, right? And, and healthy boundaries are also not about work only, but in 
all of our life, like in, in, in every area of our lives, it's also creating those healthy boundaries too. You know what I mean? And if you plan properly, you can create those boundaries. If you plan properly, then you can shut your laptop and go do something that you enjoy. And that's the thing with busy people, it doesn't even need to be something like productive. Like you say, if you want to literally yeah. sit in front of the TV and just switch your mind off by binge watching whatever it might be so you're not mm. fully concentrating it's kind of it's there but you're also allowing your brain some time to just just decompress a bit and you'll find that when you wake up the next day you probably feel so much better because now you've actually given your time your brain some time to kind of switch off and i think especially if you work in a creative space i think that's very important for people like i said working creative spaces because how do you keep inspired if you're not actually living your life you know what i'm saying like yeah. those walks will breathe inspiration into your life those those random movies or random things that one watches sometimes will spark something creative do you know what i mean a conversation with a loved one like a very like a, a conversation where you're fully present could spark something so mm. when you work in a creative industry as well it's so important to like gather inspiration from different things but if you are too busy working uh where are you even going to get that inspiration from exactly you know yeah. like i need to do something i need something needs to change but you're not actually looking for ways to make it better you're kind of hoping it's just going to appear one day you wake up and oh exactly my life has changed and i think it's so important because that's yeah. where i think surrounding yourself with people or also sharing your experiences with people because a lot of people mm. you'll find have been through this. I recently shared a thing about this whole walking thing because I found out I was getting overwhelmed and I shared it and I decided, let me share this on LinkedIn. And usually I keep LinkedIn quite mm. like more professional stuff. But I said like, mm. this is relatable stuff. I forgot that our CEO is on my network. So he saw this <laughs> and I got a message from him. And oh wow, okay. And I saw this message and I was like, oh crap. This guy is going to, he's going to kill me because right now he's going to tell me, you're not supposed to do this. People are going to think you're running like some kind of sweatshop at this place. And I was <laughs> terrified to open this message and I opened it and, and it was actually a really cool message because he was just saying how um, people do different things. Some people running works for some people, um, for some people, Pilates yoga works for some people um just general exercise like a cardio stuff works um so you just have to experiment with different things you got to find different things and in yeah. those moments of doing these different things is where you're going to get your inspiration to kind of yes. help better balance your life because life everything's about balance yeah. these days let's be honest like we can we can beat around the bush and say no life is about this and that but life's about balance i mean if you can't balance mm. your, your work life your personal life your family life whether you've got kids or not like you you're gonna be chasing life every day until the day you die and you'll probably die 20 years before because you're constantly stressed constantly chasing these ridiculous things yeah i think this is something we've spoken about a lot uh over time it's just like how do we find that balance and when do we say to each other mm. like stop working and it, take a break it's a yeah. simple thing of saying to someone you know don't send me a whatsapp a work-related whatsapp after five and we take it for granted oh let me just drop a message to someone and for that person as well it's like they're sitting at home with their family and now you've got this message and whether or not they have to do something about it it's like it forces them to break away from what they're doing in that time to think about exactly. what you're saying. 
and I don't think we think about that enough just because you are in work mode and you've got an, a bit of inspiration in you, whatever it is, or you're working late, like you think the next person's doing the same thing and you don't know how you're disturbing that person's peace at that time. I don't think we think about that a lot at all, actually, you know? Because we assume everyone is in the same boat, but some people have better adapted and everyone at some point will get there. Like just everyone's on different time, different journeys of, finding that balance and someone might yeah. be there already and be like this guy look at this guy he's messaging me at nine o'clock at night oh you'll get some guys yeah. like still working at nine they're like oh yeah that's cool let me just check that out now you know what i mean so yeah i think like it starts with identifying and self-awareness of where you're at and whether you want to make a change or not so i think it's it's a very interesting yeah. it's an interesting time and i think like like you say with different shows whether it's like whatever it's like even therapy therapy is another taboo that so many people like especially indian yeah. families black families has been taboo for years like yeah don't you're not yeah. crazy you're not supposed to be on antidepressants you're not supposed to you know yeah go for therapy like what's that's that? been my say that's been my saving grace this year like it's probably the best decision I made this year. I've made, mm. I've made a lot of great decisions this year, but like I think finally starting therapy was definitely one of the best ones I made. I mm. also realized it's not a quick fix, you know? No. I've, also, I've, I've, come, I've had to accept that it's such a long process and that's why people do it forever for years and years that you can't just give up on it or whatever, but it was definitely one of the best decisions I made. I speak to my therapist virtually. We've never met. No, <laughs> it feels wow. like we've known each other for years, but we've never met. Uh, we've been speaking virtually. It's been great. So many of my own friends this year have started therapy too. So it's, it's quite great to have seen people decide, you know what? I can't do this by myself. Mm. I think something that bothers me though, is that we live in a country where so many people do not have access to like help. You know what yeah. I mean? And, and I think I, I wish that for everybody. I wish everybody. It should be a human right. And especially if you think about it, I mean, if you think of like the kind of country we live in already, we already privileged people pre let's be honest. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Yeah, we got issues. <laughs> but <laughs> we're privileged. No, we are. Yeah, I think holistically, the kind of country that we live in, actually, whether you're privileged or you're not, we live in a country where young people are unemployed. Like, what our youth unemployment is at what 52%? I think it's 52%. Percent, specifically. I think it went yeah. up to like, That's I could be huge. wrong, 63%. During since you see? COVID, which is insane, see? dude. So many young people are unemployed. We already know what that, that does to your mental health, right? So and we're, we're in a country, so, sorry, we're in a country where yeah. we're predominantly young people. Yes. It's a young yes. country. We're not like exactly. in Lombardy, yes. Italy, where yes. everyone in that city no. that got yeah. hit by COVID was like 60, 70, 80 years old, which is why it like ravaged see? through that city. We're a very see? young country with a large number of really young people. So people don't have jobs. Um, people don't have jobs, don't know how to sustain their lives. We already know what unemployment does to your mental health already. And, and you know how frustrating that can be not being able to earn a living, right? Then we'll, we are in such a violent country where most of us have, have had some sort of experience with a violent crime. You know mm. what I'm saying? So lots of people walking around with PTSD and they don't even know, you know? Yeah. Um, then there's GBV as well, gender-based violence too. Like they, we have so many issues. We have so, so many much. issues that also directly impact our mental health. And at the same time, then we are in a country where we don't even have access to help us cope, you know? So yeah. that frustrates me a little bit, yeah. There's like a lot of things that frustrate me in our country, but I think, I think of that a lot. Like I think of how our problems are impacting our mental health too. And we are 
all walking around pretending to be okay, but we are not okay. And it's beautiful. We like, we people that love to laugh, you know, South mm. Africans love to laugh. We love to joke. We laugh at ourselves. You know, we're some of the friendliest people ever, but like so many of us are not okay. And, mm. and it's, and, and the thing is from every type of society, like from every kind of, um, what's this background, you know what I mean? Poor, rich, whatever it is, like everybody is just dealing with some crazy things. And then you throw in a pandemic in the mix as well. Like, yeah. how are we all making it out of this year? I, I keep looking <laughs> back and I'm like, how are we doing this? But it's crazy. But yeah, so I just think about so many of those things and how they impact us, you know what I mean? How you leave your house and you know that you might not come back because you might get hijacked. Might, sorry, I'm getting a bit morbid now, but like those no, kind of it's, things are it's keeping real us stuff. Age, yeah, they are keeping us on edge. So we are a country of people that are just on edge constantly. That have all these like undiagnosed mental health issues without help to cope. Nothing, you know. Mm. So no, it's well, it's true. It I mean, sort of difference. I look at a lot of like European lifestyles. I mean, everywhere has its problem, but dealing with certain things that we deal with right now. I mean, on top of the gender-based violence issues, we are dealing with a really difficult health system we're dealing with we're struggling to get yeah. pensioners their money from um the funds that were allocated to a lot of people that needed this money um we're dealing with load shedding which is like you know you, you don't have electricity for uh, sometimes a few hours sometimes it goes up to three or four days now you've lost all the food in your freezer mm. and it's like these mm. daily stresses i mean you can't just decide to go for a walk i mean like you say we're in a very privileged position because we're in areas that anything can happen, but I'm more likely to go for a walk in my area than I am through the CBD. Another kind of area. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. yeah and yeah. yeah, these sort of You can things, go for a run. I can't, you know what I mean? By yourself. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you go to these other, like you look at European countries and a lot of them walk everywhere or their public transport system is so good that they can decide, you know what, let me just hop onto a train and travel to wherever you want to go, go to a different country mm. or whatever it might be. Sometimes sitting on a train and just going to nowhere and back for an hour and a half can clear your head because mm. you're moving mm. out of your, your space that you're so used to. So I think like in South Africa and in our country, like there's a lot happening. And this week I read a thing where they said like 56% of people are like going through mental health issues as a result of financial stress that people mm -hmm. and now people are not sleeping you take in mental health issues and you're not sleeping it's a recipe for disaster and and um, and, and i mean how do how do you how does one sleep if you don't know what you're eating the next day or how you're going to feed your family how yeah. do you even you know it's do you sleep do you not feel guilty for sleeping because you should be trying to figure out a way but at some point you're just like yo let me just sleep because I can't deal with any, <laughs> you know, maybe let me just sleep through this and I'll deal with it tomorrow. And maybe like sometimes yeah. we, we have to just like, you know, I can't control this right now. I can't think. So let me just try and sleep. And then you can't sleep. And then you're like, okay, what now? What do I do now? And I think that's what COVID and all of these locks brought out this year. It exposed a lot of uh, cracks in the system. I mean, we've gone to the hospital. We thought we were having panic attacks and now it's heart problems, but because we're so prone to thinking mm. we have, we're having like panic mm. attacks. I mean, your situation, you remember, like, <laughs> you're like, no, something's not right. For a week, you sat on your thing for a week. Then it's kind of, yo, I'm not feeling right. Eventually one day she's like, no man, something is not right. We rushed to the hospital thinking it's just a panic attack because it happened to me. And then we find out you have a whole medical issue that actually needs 
real attention and real medication. Yeah. And, and the thing, that's the thing. So many of us as well are walking around with like illnesses that we don't even know, you know? And in that time though, as much as like I was really scared, I still look back and I'm like, privilege once again for me mm. to be able to go to a proper hospital, get proper healthcare, yeah. amazing doctors, that kind of stuff. A lot of people in our country absolutely cannot. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. How many people have succumbed to illnesses that could have been sorted out so quickly because of access to healthcare? So yeah, it's it's quite insane. It's quite insane. And I think, I think that's why every single day now, when you look at like just our lives and 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 the kind of country that we live in and that kind of stuff as much as like we can't fix everything i think that's why it's so important for all of us to start looking a little bit deeper in our lives and thinking about like what purpose are we filling yeah. you know what i'm saying or fulfilling and 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 like what kind of difference are we making so you might not be able to change the world or change the country but mm. maybe i don't know is there a difference that you're making in one person's life you know what i'm saying Which... i'm thinking a lot about that because our which, which is such a, no it's not <laughs> you know? it's really not and i'm so glad you said that because it actually reminds me of a time and this is something that you know a lot of us admire about you and i admire about you is because you don't care about if something is happening to someone you will stand up for that person you help change one person's life or one person's day and that's how it starts and it reminds me of a story where yeah karabo saw someone saying something to a security guard at work and she didn't realize this person was a whole exec at the company because we'd never seen this person. And Karabo goes off and tells this person, this is wrong, you can't do this. Who do you think you are? What, what, what? Like, Only to off. find out 30 minutes later, this person is a whole executive. <laughs> and we love I'll never that. forget pretending like I don't care. I, I remember just thinking, I don't care how important it is. I don't care. I don't care. That's right, it's wrong. I don't care. And, and then I got called up and I remember saying to everyone, I'm like, uh, guys, I might have gotten myself into a little bit of trouble. So if I don't come back, <laughs> this is what happened. But I fought for what's right. <laughs> no, and that's exactly. And that's what is, like you were saying, changing one person, it starts with one thing. And that's what you do. Like one of your things is you stand up for someone and for people, no matter whether you're taking whatever, whatever might happen to you, you believe that people should be treated right. And I think that's like such a, yes. a cool thing and something that's, you know, people who know you will know, like, Karabo will stand up for me, and then she'll have a panic attack later because now she has to deal with the consequences, <laughs> but it's fine. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I kind you of know? panic about it later. <laughs> After being super brave, I definitely do get into a moment of, oh my God, doing the right thing for me is very important. Treating people right is very important. I think, um, in the especially in the workspace, I think it's very important how you treat people. I think people don't forget how you treated them. There are yeah. a lot of things people will remember about you, but, or you remember or forget about you, but people don't forget how you treated them. Yeah, and how they made and that's you, why, how you made like, them and, feel. And, and one of the, yes, this is one of the lessons I learned from working since I was a child, that, and that we were taught so much. And as much as we've spoken about working as a child, like just messing you up as an adult in a way, there are a lot of great things that came out of it. And it's one of those things of like, you treat everybody with respect. And I think in the workplace, yeah. we find that a lot of the times people treat people with respect according to your title, 
You know what Please. I mean? Um, yeah. It happens a lot in, 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 in Joburg as well. I, I mean, in, in Joburg circles and pre, you've been living in Joburg for a very long time. You know mm. this, where people will only give you a little bit of, re- like, they'll start respecting you when they know what you do. And then they'll go to it's LinkedIn like to see what does this person do? Oh, this yes. person. Oh, oh, this person works for 5 a.m. Work okay. at a radio station. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. they work at a radio station. Oh, this person, my music. Da-da-da. Then all of a sudden there's a sense of importance. And that's why Joburg people love asking, what do you do? Oof. And I don't think sometimes it, it, it comes from just being uh, having a conversation it, 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 mm. it's, it, it actually a lot of the times it comes from me trying to suss you out so i can decide what level of respect i should give you and yeah. i think that's so wrong we have to treat everybody with the same level of respect because the other thing is you also don't know where people will land up how often do you hear stories of somebody treating another person like nonsense mm. and then years later you are sitting in an interview room and there's oh, a person my favorite you know Best. so we have to we have to treat each other right like uh, you have to treat everybody properly because really like what's the point of making another person's life miserable in the workplace like work is already stressful enough and i don't also think i don't think kindness is expensive at all it costs no, nothing it's not. it costs nothing for me to be i don't have to be your friend yeah that, i think that's together. the distinctive point is that people think yes. now if I'm kind, it means I'm your friend. You don't have to be someone's friend to be kind. You can no. be kind, you can no. treat them well, and that can be it. That could be the extent of your relationship. It could be a strictly professional relationship. And that's where yes. the line gets so blurry because people suddenly think, yeah. okay, I was kind to this person. Now they're going to think that I'm their friend. No. Why, why are you being yes. so self-centered <laughs> exactly. to think that just be yeah. who you are and whatever happens after that, it happens. I think thinking people often think too deeply into certain things and then yeah. it just it it ends up in frustration internal turmoil and then suddenly they start treating someone badly because they're like i don't want this person to think i'm their friend and or people see yeah or people see kindness as weakness yes it's not weakness number one number one thing not weakness number one (laughs) you know it's not weakness if you if you believe if people believe in that go to a really nice person treat them well and see how they treat you but also treat them badly and see what they will do to you because the kindest people can also be the most they can they will tear you apart because it's like don't (laughs) take advantage of my kindness it's not a weakness it's a strength and the thing is when when kind people are done they are done When a kind person is done with you, it's done. It's forever. There's no turning back. There's never coming back from that. It is over. So yeah, a kindness. And then they'll call you an ass. Then they'll call you an asshole and say you're cold-hearted because this person just cut me out without thinking twice. It's like, no, let's look at the whole journey. Let's look at everything that's happened. And cutting toxic people out of your life should not Mm. be a bad thing. Like, Mm. it's not about self-serving or being a certain way it's literally about taking care of yourself in a world filled with chaos it's about making Mm. sure you're okay first if you are not okay first you cannot help the next person it's that Mm. whole thing of on a plane you know when people are like they ask you that question if something had to happen and they tell you you need to put your mask on do you put your mask on first or do you put everyone else's mask on first i don't want to be selfish and it's no you put your mask on first you're able to change more lives if you try and help one or two people, you will pass out eventually and you've saved maybe one yeah. or two people, which is great. Put your mask on first and you can help 10, 15, 20 people. Like you Especially. cannot heal the world if you're not healed inside. 
you know, you can start and take little steps, but if you want to really start seeing change, you need to start with yourself and you're never going to be perfect. We're always going to have. Yeah. And don't thoughts. you think we have to also be honest with ourselves when we are the toxic people in other people's lives? Because yeah. I've found that like so often as people, it's so easy to think you are the good person. You are the one that's right. And I don't think we always acknowledge that you could be the person that is actually toxic for the other person. You know, and sometimes you have to accept when the next person decides to cut you out because you are toxic for them. I, if I've hurt you in a certain way and you tell me, and I don't see it, like, I, I don't understand, like, what do you even mean? I can't deny the fact that I've hurt you because it's how you feel. You know what I mean? And if you can't change me that. being in your life, I can't change that. And if, if me being in your life is toxic, I need to accept if you're going to remove me. That's another thing. And I don't think we think about that often enough. We want to remove, remove toxic people, but sometimes I don't think we're accountable for when we have been toxic to other people, um, which is a very tough pill to swallow. That is a tough pill. And that is a very powerful point. It's a very powerful yeah. point because it's easy to, like you said, to say, no, this person's toxic for me, but sure i'm actually not good for this person because i'm bringing out the worst yes. in them if if someone yes. doesn't want to be around you like that should be the first sign. like if you're in yeah. denial or you're kind of like we refuse to accept the truth and i've literally been that myself i've been there where mm-hmm. i i realized that i i just became a negative influence because i kind of felt like i can just say what i want to say and i can vent and i can always be negative around this person because we feed off each other's negativity and then you realize this person, they're actually having a good day. And then I've come along, not read the room. Mm. And I've literally just flipped their whole day around. And I've taken away their happiness. And it's, it's, it's so, it's a scary thing because it's a lot. Life is a lot. Yeah. And even to admit that to yourself, to even admit that to yourself, to be like, oh, I'm bad for this person sometimes. Yeah. That's and it's fine. It's okay. Yeah. Don't feel guilty mm. about it because we're yeah. not going to be everyone something you know what I mean? Like, yeah. You'll be someone's yeah. nothing. And that's okay. You know, somewhere along the line, you'll probably find yourself meeting someone whose life you're going to positively impact. But if you don't decide, okay, let me cut myself from this person because either they're being the negative person or the toxic person and or I'm being the toxic person, mm. I'm never going to be able to help the person in the future because I forced, some, no. I, I forced myself to stick to something that was not actually worth sticking to you know what I mean so I think as humans we put ourselves under pressure to always be the the best person for everyone or kind of be the 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 answer and the key to every problem and it's not I think we need to at some points just be a little bit more easier on ourselves and kind of like give ourselves a break I think we're we're so wired to be a superhero and a lot of the times I think we also try to be superheroes to people that didn't ask us to be like why are you trying to save the world nobody asked you yeah we do that so often so often you will break your back in the workplace for example were you and asked oh you work till 11 o'clock at night why (laughs) good for you no one asked you (laughs) you know what i mean or 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 even in our own personal lives you know what i'm saying like why did you do that a lot of the times we are acting like a superhero to people that didn't ask and then you you are going to go and break your back for me Exactly. You might decide to wake up and break your back for me, but, and I will appreciate it, sure. But you can't come back to me and be like, yeah, but like I saved your life. Sorry, did Mm. I ask you? 
And I'm yeah. not saying let's not do great things for people or, or, or go the extra mile, but a lot of the times we're playing superheroes to people that didn't even ask us to be. I see women do it a lot. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm specifically speaking from like a lens of being a woman. I think women do it quite often where we expect, I don't know, we have like this thing of, 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 of being kind to everyone and saving everyone and saving the world mm-hmm. and, and being everything to everyone. And it's like a lot of the times, no one even asked us to be that. It's okay and to sometimes just sit back and relax. As a female in the industry, I mean, you, you spent 17 years in the industry and you've probably seen this a lot where people are trying to go the extra mile because it's even harder to break through or to be the next big thing. It's been years and years of like people undermining the value of a female um, because it's been a man's world for so long. And you've been someone who's kind of seen it from a young age right up until now where you've you've worked at the biggest in the industry in that sense how do you think the conversation is needs to change like what do people need to start doing in order to make life better for females in the world not even in the entertainment industry just in the world right now because you see it in the states where kamala harris lays into someone and puts someone in their place and then everyone's like wow look how heartless or look how cold she was or who does she think she is but if a guy does it it's like yeah he he did the right thing you know so yeah for people coming up now young girls especially who want to be in the space what advice do you have for them i think girls are 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 just always like raised to be nice and Mm. i think we end up going into the workspace and and so it's beyond media and it's beyond entertainment i think it's in every industry girls are raised to be nice girls are raised to be um very kind and humble about the things that they want and as much as we've spoken about kindness and the importance of kindness Mm. but i think we take that a little bit too far um, we were, were raised to be nice and, 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 and to not be like assertive. So what ends up happening is we end up accepting a lot of things. And if you think about it, it doesn't only happen in the workspace. I think in our relationships as well, in our yeah. family dynamics too, you end up mm-hmm. accepting and settling for things you don't actually want, but yeah. in all in the name of keeping the peace and everybody being okay, because what are we doing again? We're playing superhero again and making sure everybody yeah. else is fine. And so that whole niceness ends up with us not being very assertive. Mm. You end up not being assertive in terms of like uh, the position that you want. And I think men are so, and you know, I, I can get crucified for this, but it's the truth. I think men are a lot more like assertive um, when it comes to demanding what they want mm. and not worrying about how it's going to come across and that kind of stuff. And that's why when now you suddenly a girl that's assertive, people are like, oh, you're too much. Yeah. Ooh, you're so angry. Yeah. Ooh, you're whatever. You know what I mean? So you end up not yeah. asking for that salary that you want. You end up not putting everything out there on the table and being like, this is what I'm worth. This is what I deserve. So, so from the beginning, we're just taught from such a young age to just like take what we get and to settle and to be appreciative and, and, and to be kind and to be nice and not to be firm. So I think it really just also starts with how we teach girls to basically be assertive and to not have to play nice. Um, I think it's also about making sure that we practice it often so that even Mm. younger people around us, younger women that come after us can see us being assertive and demanding and being sure what we want and and not being scared to talk about what we want. You know what I'm saying? And like for grabbing the opportunities and like not even like 
taking a seat at the table, but like freaking creating the entire table ourselves. You know wow. I, mean? yes. I think for me, it's Love more that. of a being firm and assertive thing. <laughs> yeah. Love that. That is yeah. amazing. Yeah. Um, it's a very, yeah, it's a complex thing. It's like a society thing. It's not just a workplace thing. So I think that's why it's very difficult to say, what can we do? But I think it, it, it just starts with being firm. It starts with speaking up. I think it really starts with speaking up and like not not playing nice anymore and remember not playing nice doesn't mean that you're being unkind doesn't mean you're being rude it doesn't mean you're being unprofessional but just being really honest about what you want and being firm about it from the very beginning you are deserving to be there you know what i'm saying even as an intern you are deserving to be there sorry i started for studied for three years to get this internship (laughs) you know what i mean i'm not like some high school person that's here for a temp job and i'm 16 yeah. years old and you're gonna pay me 10 rand an hour no i went to school for three years to be here i have earned my right to be here you will treat me with the respect that i deserve even that's though true. i'm a 20 year old intern yeah i think that's how we can start the problem with with settling and and and, and being okay with just the bare minimum and always being nice and always saying yes to everything is that mm. you will forever do that throughout your career yeah. You then get so used to doing that that you don't know now where to draw the line and where to stop that not playing nice. You did it from your very first job at 21, and now here you are at 31, you are still being that person. And you set and a precedent. You set a precedent for the in the business yeah. where everyone around you starts to think this is how it's meant to be. And the status quo has to change. It has to change the way everyone yeah. deals with things and how you interact with people and how you Let's put it this way. I think people often forget the influence they have on those around them because you don't always know when someone's watching, when someone's listening and setting that tone from the start is so important because everyone kind of assumes it's cool. I'll play, I'll play along now. I'll go the flow now, but in six months I'll make my move because I don't want to come in too hot. And then six months down the line, suddenly you're arrogant because now you decide let me let me turn on the heat now because i've been here for six months or a year or two years and now it's not like in my first week and now everyone's like who's this person why who do they think they are you you kind of have to like yeah not saying you must go like full tilt from the start but you need (laughs) to start you need to every now and then assert yourself and just remind people that listen it's cool i'll do this i'll play this game but just know I'm going to stand my ground as well. It, it's sad that yeah. we have to constantly set these reminders, but you have to do it. Test the yeah. waters. Because you also teach people how to treat you. You you treat yeah. you teach people how to treat you. Um, it's really and and I, and I think as people like so whatever industry you're you're in, we have to remember that our careers really are in our own hands and nobody owes us anything. I think we also walk yeah. around expecting things and having expectations from people and like expecting all these things, and it's like no one actually owes you anything and like you have to carve out your own life you need to navigate your own life you need to be the one that's responsible for getting all the mm. things that you want and achieving all the things that you want and that kind of stuff because no one owes you anything no especially in the age of social media in the age of social media where people think i've got fifty thousand followers on instagram so respect me and give me this give me that and that's the problem it's like as yeah. beautiful as social media and the digital age has been, there's been so many crazy things that it's it's also brought <laughs> yes. up. You know what I mean? Like, and we see this working in that space. I mean, you don't even need to actually work in the space. You just need to be informed of what's happening. You look at 
the power of social media and it's kind of like people have this false sense of power sometimes because social media your 50,000 followers yes in social media in certain brand spaces it has like it carries a lot of clout but if you're trying to like do something outside of that it it's it's contextual you know what I mean like and I think social media in that sense has given so many people that false sense of what's the word I'm looking for? It's kind of that entitlement, that font, that false sense of entitlement, yeah. you know, yeah. where they think, and I think that's where we're probably in the trickiest time because um, we've seen the power of social media and what it does to people. I mean, we look at things like the social dilemma right now that's happening. And then you've also got um, the great hack. So you see the power of social media. And I think a lot of the times we're in that age where, we need to draw the line between social media influence and okay, now I need to be a human being because no one is yeah. watching me for my likes. It's, it's not about likes. <laughs> yes. It's not about likes. Yes. This is about making a difference of doing the right thing. So I think like it's, it's, it's crazy to see the amount of like trolling. Like when I look at social media, like for people like you, especially, I mean, you see it all the time. I mean, the number of people that just get absolutely slated, and you, people are sitting at home behind a computer screen. Sometimes yeah, they still got the Twitter I'm egg. I'm scared as of people on social media. <laughs> and how do you cope? Yeah. With, like, what's the it's worst crazy. thing you've seen? Have you been? Have you ever experienced something really like that? Yeah. You done? No, really. You know what? Thing? I haven't. Uh, you know, every now and again, people will be like, "I mean, whatever," and you know. They're like comments on what you look like, or oh my goodness, you've gained so much weight, and like stupid things like that. But like, luckily, I've been very lucky to not really have anything traumatic happen to me on social media, especially because I also don't entertain nonsense. I don't entertain yeah. trolls. I've, I've I've realized like with trolls, you have to ignore them because what you what you do is by answering them, Empowering you them. them. So I don't I, I don't really um, entertain trolls at all. Um, I also, I think with me as well, there's a level of being very careful about how I conduct myself on social media in the sense that I don't share everything about my life. So mm. I'm quite like, there's quite a balance between like not, because the problem with sometimes giving people too much is that you get, you give them so much opportunity to then come To in. build a case. <laughs> Do you know what I'm They're saying? They're out there so, building a case against exactly. you, waiting to strike. Yeah, so exactly. So I just like keep my interaction quite limited to be quite honest, um, I'm very careful about what I share. Um, but yeah, and then I don't feed the trolls. And I just constantly remind myself that it's not real life. <laughs> you know? It's not real life. So yeah, not feeding trolls. It's not real life. It's not real life. I have to honestly, and I think to myself, like, I'm a whole adult that has to remind myself that, like, it's not real life, that kind of stuff. Imagine for children. Imagine, like, I can't imagine being a 13 year old girl right now. Dude. And having to grow up, and I'm on Instagram. I can't imagine because I mean the, the amount of like insecurities that social media fuels. Um, just like there's so many things, and I'm just like, yo, it must be so tough, like raising so teenagers tough. right now. Like high school. Remember how like weird high school was, and how difficult high yeah. school was. Now imagine navigating high school, and there's Instagram. Dude, <laughs> I, I can't think of that and I'm like no ways <laughs> Dude, I don't know if I would have survived there yeah. are people still traumatized from being bullied in high school from getting I know exactly. someone who was waterboarded imagine being See? waterboarded at 16 or 17 years old can you imagine and now 
that trauma yeah. lives with you internally, but no one else, there'll be a few people that remember it and people probably, oh, I remember that time. But a yes. lot of people forget about that stuff. But with social media, people getting trolled, people getting bullied, you said or done, it's there all the time. Yeah. For, forever, yeah. the internet never forgets. Yes. For me, if like my job didn't involve social media, and I'm sure you can relate to this so much, mm. I don't think I would spend so much time on it so I'd be on there at all, you know? Um, yeah. And it's very hard when your job uh, um, involves social media because you can't take a social media break. It's like, what kind I of think, break? You know what I mean? Yeah, how? that's true. How do you, I think you, you can't take a social, break. How do you take a break? <laughs> I, I just decide sometimes, like, I'll work. I think that's in the space we work with. Some, some of these tools really help. Um, so what I actually do is, Mm-hmm. but i have a tool so i will do a lot of my work in that tool and i will not actually go onto the platforms themselves because if i go onto twitter i can get stuck on twitter for hours and we know yeah it's just same. there's so much there's a lot of great stuff but there's a lot of crap <laughs> there is a lot of it's full there's a lot of filth. it's a very angry place twitter is very angry do you, do you not feel crazy. like you but do you not feel like you'll miss out on something that you're supposed to know that's happening on the day. I think like, like if it's important enough, I, I think it's important, yeah, to kind of like every now and then touch base. But I think if it's important enough, yeah. you'll hear about it. You'll hear about it. That is true. You'll read about it somewhere. And I think, I mean, I don't do this all the time, but I try as often as possible sometimes. Like Alice says to me, you, how come you didn't see this? Didn't you see this on my Facebook page? And I'm like, I actually, I don't go on Facebook. And she's like, what do you mean you work in digital you work on and it's like no but i don't spend time on the platform itself because sometimes i need to take a break and it's so crazy because i'll find that the times where i do sit like in the evening say we're in bed um and one of us has fallen asleep or whatever it might be and i'll I'll just like let me just read I, i do read a lot i read a lot of um articles a lot of information i get from from social media but i've got specific websites that i know don't yeah they're not talking about celebrity stuff it's it's very like factual and yeah in a sense. and but i do find sometimes i'll get caught in this loop and that's what the social dilemma talks about it's like it serves you this content that they know you love so you spend more time and then sometimes there's been times where it's like four hours later and I've been yeah. scrolling Facebook, watching these videos yeah. because they just and they're becoming better and up. better. Yeah, and they're becoming really so much better at like feeding you the content that will resonate with you. It's absolutely insane. They're it's becoming crazy. so much better. And maybe you can walk properly. The is like creeping there. The fact no, he's trying man, to come downstairs and What's up, dog? He says hi. No, don't worry. This is not e-entertainment, bro. Like this is. <laughs> um, and it, it's so scary. Like that's what the social dilemma was talking about. They're talking about how people just get trapped in the loop and how information is served differently, even based on where you live. Like, so if, yeah. if you, like the example they used was climate change is, if you type climate change is into Google, it auto-populates, you know, the most common responses. And even that is yes. different in different areas. It's like- In every, yes, I saw that. Like social, like in that some place, probably like, if you're looking into the deeper parts of like America, um, the Trump supporting heavy, 
climate change is it'll, the first thing that probably pop up is climate change is a hoax or COVID-19 yeah. is a hoax. Yeah. And then you're somewhere else, you're in California where it's very real or in South Africa and Johannesburg where it's very real. And it's like COVID-19 is the most deadly virus to hit the world. And it, it's so crazy and it's, it's different for everyone. And that's what blew my mind is when everyone's Facebook feed is different because it's literally down yeah. to exactly what you want. And yeah. as, a, as an experiment, I downloaded my Facebook, all the data. They give you that option to download all the data. So I downloaded this thing. It took like a few days for them to populate and send it to okay. me. And that freaked the shit out of me. Every single post I've liked, every single photo I've liked, oh, wow. every single data point, every single comment, every single thing. You take all of that data to put it together. You literally have sometimes five to ten thousand data points fifty thousand data points on one person you can tell them exactly sure. what they you want them to look at what you want them to read and yeah it's scary and that's where we're at in the age of Thank social you. media yeah and and i think not everybody acknowledges um how it shapes our thoughts you know i think yeah. not everybody will be conscious of that like the stuff that you consume and that you read can shape your thoughts the same way how like you know, you know, we've always said how media shapes societies, right? Like things like yeah, yeah. Um, from back in the day, whether you're listening to radio or you're watching TV, it shapes your thoughts, it, it, it shapes your beliefs and that kind of stuff. And it's the mm. same way with social media, right? So if we're not 100% careful about the things we are consuming and and and, and the content that we keep like feeding ourselves, like, ourselves, those are the very same thing that will like shape our thoughts. I also hate how lately there's also this trend with social media where people will see a headline and comment without reading. Yeah. So everybody's become such a lazy reader. It's like no one's actually reading. People are like reading a headline, which is obviously clickbait, yeah. and like not actually getting into the article and like reading the info. So that's also something that's going on that's like a little bit annoying. It's like, let's yeah. actually read, guys. <laughs> Open the article and read. A lot of the time, some of those articles are even fake. That's what we know as well. You know, yeah. some of those articles are not even real, all of that. But like, there's a big culture now of reading headlines and people will draw conclusions literally just from a mm. headline and a short as opposed to clicking yeah. and reading the article yeah and that's, so that's also something very frustrating and that's why we're in the age of fake news and that's why fake news is such a big thing especially exactly. with older people older people it, it's uh, and I, you know what actually maybe it's wrong to say older people i think people like us who work in media we know how these things work we know how you can yeah. how things can shape the the rhetoric right and Growing up, if I saw something in the newspaper, I was like, it's in the newspaper. It has to be true. It has to be true. Why would the newspaper lie? Yes. Sometimes I forget that yes. we're in a space where we are informed about how, how media around the world works and how propaganda works. But for a person who doesn't know and doesn't, mm. hasn't really looked into the stuff, they see something on Facebook. They're like, yeah, but it's on Facebook, so it must be true. Let me share it. And that it's literally, we live in a world, everything in the world right now is just designed to create chaos, fear, and anxiety. I think that's mm. the best way I can put it is that everything is just designed and yeah. it's literally it's like when you put it that fear. way. It's, we're ruling by fear, <laughs> which is crazy. Scary.
Yeah. It's very scary. And it's scary that even for us people that know, <laughs> we end up like also falling for the trap too, right? Like what you say when you look, when you download all that data and you're like, what? We also keep falling for the trap. I mean, we stay on our social media uh, uh, mm. for so long for hours and we carry on and on and on. You know, yes, we might not like spread fake news and that kind of stuff, but like we get sucked into it too. And we're people that are aware and we're people that know. It's crazy. And you start to convince yourself eventually that this stuff is true. I mean, I, I watch this video on Facebook moderators and YouTube moderators and the content moderators. And these guys sit through a lot of crazy, crazy stuff. I mean, they're sitting through like terrorist videos, like child pornography, pedophilia. Sure. They sit and filter out all sure. the stuff. And it's so crazy that I think there's even a thing where it's like Holocaust. I think it's called Holocaust denial, where people were getting fed mm-hmm. so many of these conspiracy videos about um, the Holocaust not happening that people actually started to believe that the Holocaust mm-hmm. is literally didn't a conspiracy. Happen. It didn't happen. It's, it's crazy. It's like the power of what we consume. And I think like in times like this, this is where it's so important what we feed our minds. And I think like this for me is where music is starting to play such an important role. I mean, it's always been an important mm-hmm. role but it's playing a more important role because music is becoming more conscious. Music is starting to tell the right stories, starting to share the messages and it's instantaneous. Like you can't lie. I mean, you can lie on your track, but you can't control how music influences people because there's so many ways to get it. Like back in the day, it was a CD. Here's the Mm. album, you buy the album, you hear Mm. it, that's it. You go to a club, you hear it. Now, someone trying to get a message across goes on to SoundCloud, goes on to Spotify, goes on to Apple Music, goes on to Mm. and they can get the message, they get the truth out. And I think that's Mm. where um, we spent some time when we were trying to convince you to get onto Mac Miller. And when we listened to Mac Miller, you realized- He was amazing. This guy- he was telling us I was about his struggles. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, it was kind of like he was telling us. And when you trace back, and it's, it was the same with Chester Bennington of Linkin Park. Like, you listen mm. to music, and it's like they were telling us about these messages. So, mm. are you, is that something you use? Like, who are you listening to right now? Who are you really, like, feeling? Let's see. Uh, Big Sean's new album is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, who else? I actually listened to Langa Mabuso's album the other day. He's also brought us something really, really nice. And I don't listen to like a lot of like soul R&B that kind mm. of vibe, but like Langa Mabuso's album is really, really good. Uh, Shane Aiko, I was not listening to her all these years. I've only just started listening to her, and yeah. like I have been missing out. I'm like, where Dude, have I been? Don't be fooled she's by. She's been pretty yoga. incredible when I yeah. So she's also been absolutely incredible when I want to feel a little bit zen. So yeah, that's some of the stuff that I'm listening to at the moment. And you absolutely are right. I think music is very powerful in terms of like shaping our thoughts, our feelings, our moods. Like this year, I think I'm discovering less music and more like. TV stuff and series mm, over there mm, and music mm. because it's the driving less thing. But yeah, lots of great music that has been put out still nonetheless. What show do you think is like, it's getting it like really right? Mm. Mm. That's a difficult one because I mean, I just watched uh, Ratchet. So that I was like, Ratchet was really, really good. Um, Sorry, actually, something that uh, Alice, actually, my wife told me, um, mm-hmm. recently she noticed how movies are becoming less and less warm and more psychological a lot a lot more 
dealing with the darker side of life a lot more psychological yeah, like thriller. Yeah, yeah it's very thrillerish it's very yeah. like deep a lot of yeah. storytelling and less fluff less of the adam yeah. sandler type like i i recently sampled emily in paris because i saw like a lot of people like put yeah. tweeting about emily in paris and i watched it i'm like oh this seems like so much fluff <laughs> like yeah. i was like this seems very fluffy and you know what i love a good chick flick i like yeah. a good like girly series i mean i just told you now that i've been binge watching chain the virgin you know what i'm saying yeah. but sometimes certain things just feel a little bit too fluffy so i think something like an emily in paris i'll watch when i just need something very quick and light-hearted to watch but i definitely do like the stuff that's going to make me think a little bit um that's that's been carefully thought out you know what i'm saying because audiences also we're not silly we're not stupid you know what i mean and 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 there's too much to consume at the moment so to be able to grab our attention you're gonna have to work a little bit hard super hard you know what i mean you have to work a little bit harder to to grab our, our our attention um yeah podcasts is uh what are you listening to i discovered uh, uh, it's a uh, uh, therapy for black girls amazing oh wow so it, it, it's yeah it's called therapy for black girls it's an incredible uh young lady who does just literally different topics that affect black women and so i've been enjoying that quite a lot mm. uh i've taken a little bit of a break from oprah and, and super soul but <laughs> but i basically but what's been great about that and, and that's what i wanted to mention about content what's beautiful about people being able to release whatever it is that there's more representation do you know what i'm saying so mm. anyone can find something that is for them we're not like lacking when it comes to representation uh when it comes to like content that we want to consume and i think that's just been the most exciting time right now about you know finding the music to listen to or tv shows to watch or movies to watch or podcasts to listen to you know what i'm saying the fact that i can go and find like podcast like a podcast called you know therapy for black girls that's incredible yeah, you know what i'm saying amazing. i can relate to it and it feels like oh my god this is my life you know um when i was watching jane the virgin for example and 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 and, and they're so like representative of like the the latina community you know what i'm saying and because they're also people of color whatever i could relate in some sort of way too so i'm sure that group of people also felt represented so we talk about represent like representation mattering a lot but it really really does like we actually want to see people like us we want to hear people like us and i think we're so lucky now that that can happen i mean i think back to like when i was a teenager and i used to like consume a lot of magazines and books when i was young and i remember and i mean i'm not that old. i'm only 29 so i'm not old do you know what i'm saying yeah, i remember especially like primary school i remember reading so many like through sweet valley high and it was fun then like that was Famous my introduction five. to books it's <laughs> <laughs> yes. my introduction to books and then i remember getting into magazines as well the magazines were like teen zone 17 uh saltwater girl saltwater girl yeah i remember at some point thinking these people are not writing for me yeah or i'd be reading saltwater girl magazine and it's and it and it's like i'm i'm reading about how to take care of caucasian hair <laughs> and how and like surfing tips and i don't even live at the beach i don't first of all i don't live on the coast then it, you know these hair tips are not for black hair you know what i'm saying so growing up i'm telling you the content for black girls to read there was nothing that was actually for us and it was very unfortunate when you were like a, a young girl like myself that loved to read you know what i'm saying we weren't actually reading things that were for us but luckily as time went on i also started to discover like a couple of authors and that kind of stuff that like mm. books that i really gravitated towards 
West African authors were very great with that. Like, I think for me, my introduction into reading like black authors came from re reading like West African books. Oh, you wow. Know? And then, yeah, then, yeah, then it got better. And now it's better. And like, now I look now compared to like then, like, I, I feel like there's representation now. But back then, definitely not. Your teen zone, your 17s, like, no. not at all, or nothing, you know? Um, so now it always feels a little bit special to be able to find like content where I can see myself. You know, I can, I can see myself, I can hear myself, I can relate because it wasn't always like that. So we're very lucky and spoiled for choice now. Which is a very good thing because like you say, yeah. and maybe we would have been, I kind of, sometimes I look back and I think I wish I had these things when I was younger. I wish I had access to mm. certain books, certain podcasts, certain mm. things mm. on how to mm. navigate life. You know, like I wish the internet mm. was in some part more influential in my younger years. Um, just because... Mm now if you're struggling you're going through something in life you can go onto the net you can find really experienced people really educated Quickly. people who can give you advice on something and you can relate to it and when you relate to something you're able to digest it more you're more like it speaks to you more than just trying to listen to someone and trying to put yourself in their shoe the nice thing is we're also seeing that in africa we're seeing a lot of African voices start to to pop up. We're seeing Netflix in, invest in a lot more African content. We saw it with um, Queen Sono. We saw it with a whole lot of stuff. Um, that mm. and there's more still to come. We saw Nasty C is doing amazing stuff into with yeah, Netflix. Incredible. He just did Nasty in mm. Japan. Nasty C in Japan. He's doing so um, well. Mm. And it's amazing to see the the impact that it's having across the world. I mean, an example of that's just like k-pop yeah and it's shown us the importance of also just being authentic and being ourselves and that like the people that have what you do will gravitate towards that mm. and i guess that's an example with k-pop you know what i mean because they are making uh, uh, music for the korean community those mm. they love it you know what i mean and now it's gone beyond just the korean community that love k-pop but it's people from all over the globe and it just and shows you that there's so much power in being in our our, our authentic selves as well and yeah, identifying yeah, embracing and, that yeah and identifying yes. with different cultures like you don't need to be yes um an indian person to enjoy bollywood movies it's not like you know, there we before go. Was like yes. you know, it's kind of like yeah i have white friends who are like dude have you watched this bollywood movie or do you watch yeah Kibuchi? and you're like no it's like it's so <laughs> yeah. cool i'm like nah bro nah fam like <laughs> Miss nah, i want stranger yeah, things yeah. <laughs> You know, so it's true. really nice because it's kind of like given everyone more choice on who they want to be, which is, I think it's important because we grew up at a time where it was like, okay, this is who you are and this is where you need to go and this is what you need to do and this is who you need to be. And now there's this choice. And I think if the younger kids and the younger generation just appreciated more, I'm not saying they don't, but if they appreciated more the direction and the kind of help and the kind of um, content they have and how it can shape who they really want to be. Like, it would really like open a lot of eyes. It will change a lot of narratives. It'll change a lot of perspectives. And that's something I wish for sure we had more of. I mean, we would have probably been better able to cope with the troubles we deal with today, like mental health, for instance, yeah. and what we feed Definitely. our minds, you know, like. Yep really is and, and and making sure that we're enjoying our lives too and we're consuming things that are good for us you know what a beautiful conversation i know right i think that's one thing i've always appreciated with you is like you always give people that time 
you know, if they're not being weird, like if they're not being like strange and like coming with, if they're being snarks, it's a different story. Then you're like, okay, whoa. Like we've cut people. Like, let's be honest. We've, we know when we used to go for our breaks, we see certain people, we're like, mm -mm, this person, no, no, no. You're weird. I'm not, uh -uh. not ready for yeah. this person's energy today. Like we're not a bad energy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, but you've always given that time and that's what I, for me, I hope you always keep that. You've listened to my crazy conspiracy theories. Like I, I have a conspiracy theory for everything and you always listen to it. Um, we always <laughs> shared really cool information. And I think like if there's one thing I would want people who don't have the opportunity to interact with you all the time, one thing I want them to know is this is the person you are, like the person you can talk to about anything. And it's, it's always judgment free. I mean, you'll be straight to be like, uh, but you knew you should not have been doing something like this, but you listen, <laughs> you don't judge, yeah. but you bring perspective. Yeah. And I think that's like a really cool thing. And that's been like a, a really cool journey and to watch, you know, since that day I first saw you in your denim jacket. So. Oh, <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> Uh, so, that's amazing then, i think that's amazing it, like it's it's always so crazy to hear like what it can, and it can be people that are close to you or whatever but because as as friends or family or whatever we always we don't always talk about like the qualities we like about each other or that we love about each other so to be able to hear something like that or to hear how you impact people you know what i'm saying and and those that are close to you it, it, it definitely means a lot to me i think every day i just want to wake up and be a better person and help mm. other people be better people and feel good and um that's and just really being the best version of myself you've been in this game for 17 years but you're only you're not even 30 yet so yeah yeah you're about to peak <laughs> your peak you're start, you're climbing yeah. that peak thank you and, good uh, luck editing this podcast i think we've been speaking for two hours probably two hours. <laughs> i know it's fine like it's good luck. we keep it as rough as possible though. yeah yeah I mean, but it's keep been it so amazing it didn't even like two hours did we really speak for two hours That's dude insane. literally i didn't really i'm not surprised this is two hours of recording like we were still chatting before we even started recording <laughs> oh we are crazy i love it though thank you no, so much really good. but uh yeah thank you so much uh you can catch grabo on social media do you want to plug yourself yeah it is Gangabo and Swing so I'm going to spell my surname because people always get it wrong N-T-S-H-W-E-N-G so Gangabo and Swing on all social media platforms Twitter, Instagram, Facebook yeah you can chat there thank and you, you thank you for having me catch on 5FM that's the thing that's what you can do and the hashtag is early mornings with Gangabo <laughs> dude thank you so much it's been an absolute thank pleasure you, thank you for all the stories all the memories um, yeah. my favorite memory yeah. to wrap up I wanted to tell the story was that same Cape Town trip we spoke about in the beginning. Um, we decided, I decided to leave at 10 because I knew things were just starting to get crazy. Karabo stayed on. I don't even, I think she went to bed at like four or five. So when I went to wake her up to be like, hey, dude, we have to go to work on a Saturday. We're working this music festival. We have to wake up at like six. We have to leave at seven. And I'm like, where is this girl? And I, I go knock on the door, knock, and it's quiet quiet i hear nothing and then i just hear oh shit and then i was like okay cool so she's up she's there and later on i'm like dude what is going on you're like i, I was trying to find my wig bro <laughs> i could have found, found my hair and we are not going anywhere if i did not find my hair oh my God. So like, <laughs> you know what that trip told me now i always travel with two wigs when i have a wig on my head <laughs> Two eggs. That's what that trip told me. Travel with two eggs. <laughs>
the best time. So yeah, that is, I'll always remember that. So thank you for being amazing. Thanks for your friendship. Thanks for being inspiring, man. I think just keep doing what you're doing and uh, good luck on your journey. It's good to see you growing. Thank you, fam. Thank you, fam. You too. And keep this platform. I think it's beautiful for people to be able to reflect on their journeys like this. I, I, like, yeah, I, I think it's a very lovely platform to be able to reflect. So thank you. Cheers, fam. Cheers, famo. Bye.